Welcome to the Fantasy Football Genius, where winning isn't everything, it's the genius thing. Stay tuned if you want to crush your fantasy football goals. We are back, back for another episode of the Genius Cast. I'm Jameson, I'm the genius, getting you set for your drafts upcoming. Yes, that's right, we are July, season is around the corner an uncertainty of a 2020 season, but I think my gut still tells me there's a season. Hopefully there is. Hopefully for all of us fantasy football players, we have something to look forward to this fall as things have been kind of crazy over this uh, this entire 2020 season, really, uh, the 2020 year. So hopefully we have football to look forward to. Hopefully we can get a little pigskin playing on Sundays and Mondays and Thursdays. Um, that's what we're going to treat it. We're going to treat it as there's going to be a season. We continue to grind our draft kit. If you have not checked out our draft kit, it is on our website, www.fantasyfootballgenius.com. 1995 will get you our draft kit and hopefully help you get ready and dominate your draft on draft night. Um, plenty of information in our draft kit. We have rankings, tiers, sleepers, deep sleepers, bust, team-by-team breakdowns, plenty of information, that and much more. If you want information, we have it for you on our draft kit, both for redrafts and dynasty leagues. Talk about a little bit about best ball. If you have questions on best ball, definitely hit us up on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, more than happy to kind of uh, answer questions. I think this is a way a lot of people are going to be looking at best ball. I think best ball is a very fun format. So if you, have, if you have any questions, definitely hit us up. I have no issue answering any kind of question you have, um, especially if it revolves around best ball, who I think is going to be a very popular um, way of going in the future for fantasy drafts. So that and much more for our draft kit. If you have not checked us out, uh, www.fantasyfootballgenius.com. 1995 gets you that draft kit. And we're going to throw in a, uh, a percentage off of our full season mastermind chat. We'll give you 20% off of our mastermind chat if you purchase our 1995 draft kit um, to help you dominate your leagues. And again, if, our, if there is no season, we find out in August that there's not going to be a 2020 season, we will refund your money for that draft kit. So there's no fear of losing that money if you can't use that draft kit to have a draft because there is no season. A fully refundable draft kit if there's no NFL season this year before drafts start to happen. That'll do it for that quick thing there. Um, if you have not followed us on Instagram, we are at fantasy football genius uh, at fantasy football underscore genius underscore, and our Instagram and our Twitter is at fan sports genius. Bumbling over my words is a is a very issue thing for me. Stick with me. Uh, we'll get through this. We'll get to the tight ends very quickly. Just getting rid of some of the the, the important stuff that we have to kind of uh, throw out there. Again, uh, at fantasy football underscore genius underscore is our Instagram handle, and our Twitter is at fansportsgenius, and our website, www.fantasyfootballgenius.com. Plenty of information out there. We have, we're going to be starting up our double coverage this upcoming week where I break down a couple teams each and every day as we get into the season. Um, until all teams are covered, I will cover Two a day starting next week. I'll start with the two worst teams from 2019 and make our way up to the 49ers and the Chiefs to close out that double coverage um, in about a couple weeks. And we keep on adding to our draft kit as well. So just because there's something not in there now doesn't mean it's not going to be in there before the league. We finish up the draft kit with the team-by-team breakdown. I'm going to give you my views of all teams, what they're going to do this year top fantasy players, possible potential busts, that and much more will be going into that around August for that team-by-team breakdown. But we're adding stuff on a, on a weekly basis. We're adding sleepers, deep sleepers, busts, 
tiers. We're updating stuff. We're adding stuff. Plenty of stuff for our draft kit. So there's going to be plenty of information out there for whatever kind of draft you have. So definitely give it a look. And with that all said and done, let's jump right on into the tight ends and talk about tight end position for fantasy football 2020 season. Everybody knows my view on the tight ends as just like quarterbacks. I am not going to be the one that's going to have very many shares of a Travis Kelsey or George Kittle, just like I'm not going to have very many shares of a Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson for the quarterback position. I look at tight ends. I look at quarterbacks a little later in drafts. I like to use my early round picks to take running backs, wide receivers to fill up those important spots and taking the, uh, the kind of the value of both quarterbacks and tight ends. I just think there's not a big difference. If we take away the elite of the elites, which I'm not looking to kind of spend that high of a draft pick on, if we take away those elites, there's not a big difference, in my opinion, um, of the next tier to compared to the next tier on a weekly basis so I'm willing to kind of take a gamble and take a couple values of the both positions and hope I hit on a weekly basis it's worked for my entire most of my fantasy career Um, I've been very select successful in it for uh, 25 plus years Uh, geez I don't even know how long I've been doing it for um, it's been so long so it's been it's been very productive um, the way I draft so I so I definitely think that I have a lot of information I can give you Um, and that's the way I'm looking at Handling the situation. So if I'm looking at the tight ends and I'm, and I'm, not, and I'm lo- not looking at a Travis Kelsey or a George Kittle, who, don't get me wrong, both players are phenomenal talents. If we're looking at redrafts, I have Kelsey as my number one option. If we're looking at Dynasty, I have George Kittle, my number one option. And that's one thing I may look at in Dynasty is I may look at taking a, tra- a George Kittle a little earlier than I would in a redraft league because you're going to have him for the longevity of his, of, of his career because you can carry him over on a weekly ba- on a yearly basis. So dynasty redraft, dynasty draft compared to redraft leaves are a little different for me the way I draft. But if we're talking redraft, which we are right here, I am not going with the elite elites. Um, I'm not going with the Kittles. I'm not going with the Kelseys. I'm looking at the next tier for the first uh, for my first option, and it's even for that next tier, I'm likely going to overlook that next tier and drop down to the to the to the other tier. Just because I think there's a lot of different, a lot of talent, a lot of upside. If I can hit on that on a weekly basis, find the right matchup, and take a couple of these um, upside type of tight ends, that's the way I'm looking at it. But if I'm looking at the second tier, there is a player that kind of sticks out to me that I think I can get around the spot that I'm looking at taking my tight end position. I love Evan Ingram. I think Ingram is a player that I'm very high on. I think he's going to be a player that's going to break out this year. Um, he's been uh, bottled up by the injury bug. I think this year, hopefully, he can stay healthy for an entire season. If that's the case, I think he has tremendous upside for the Giants, who I think their offense is going to be one of the better offenses in the league. I think they're going to be a very sneaky, good offense with plenty of talent there. If we go back to the wide receiver position, it's one of those one of those teams that I think we can look at their wide receivers, and you can get tremendous value for both Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard. We don't really know who the number one option in the offense is going to be, but that's why we're seeing where their average draft position as well. So you can get a wide receiver one super a little late that's the same thing with Evan Ingram you're going to get a very um, high upside type of player a little later than maybe he would go if we knew that he was going to be healthy for an entire season I love Evan Ingram I have him as my number three tight end this year if he stays healthy the sky's the limit in my opinion with this offense they have Uh, we also have Zach Ertz Mark Andrews Darren Waller I think they're also in that next tier of, of tight ends 
I think all three kind of come with a um, obviously their their own kind of safety, but also come with a little downfall as well. Ertz, another player that's kind of uh, been touched by that injury bug. We know he is the number one option for Carson Wentz, but he's also a injury plagued player. Uh, Mark Andrews, he had that breakout la- breakout year last year, but that was one year. Is, is he going to be able to re? Uh, duplicate what he did last year I think he will I think uh we we saw last year what kind of player Mark Andrews is and especially when he has Mark uh when Andrews is having Lamar Jackson get him in the ball we know uh Lamar Jackson loves to get the ball to his tight end in that offense and even though he may not play all the snaps on offense for the Ravens we know when Andrews is on the field he is going to be productive he is going to have an impact on the team so yes he might maybe only on the field 60 70 percent of the time but when he is on the field he does have a shot of having a decent day on for the Ravens. Darren Waller kind of came out of nowhere last year. Um, he was one of my one of my breakouts last year, but I think this year a lot of people are going to be kind of reaching for him. I'm likely going to stay away from Waller. I just am not a big fan of the Raiders' offense in 2020. Then we have that borderline of are they a tier two or a tier three? We have players like Hunter Henry, Tyler Higby, and Rob Gronkowski, three players that I think are going to be taken. A, a, maybe two of them are going to be taken a little higher than where I think they should be going. Everybody's very high on Tyler Higby, and I think for good reason. Last year he had a great year, but I also think we have to kind of keep in mind that Gerald Everett is going to also likely have a little more of an impact than he had in 2019. Um, last year, a lot of people came into the, into the league, to, coming into drafts, thought that Everett was going to be a player that was going to kind of be one of those sleeper options, deep sleeper options at the tight end position. Uh, faced some injuries, um, lack of playing time. A lot of stuff happened for the Rams last year and a lot of that happened to Everett that allowed Higby to kind of have that second half that he did. Great talent. I think he showed what he can do on the field, but I think he is also not going to have the type of year that he had last year because I think Everett's going to have a little more of an impact this year in 2020. Hunter Henry, he's a player that I'm likely looking at. If I'm looking at those three, I'm likely a little higher on Hunter Henry. Yes, new quarterback. Um, no more Phillip Rivers, who we know likes to use a tight end, likes to use a slot receiver, likes to use the running back. Um, what is he going to be able to do with Tyrod Taylor and or Justin Aver, the rookie quarterback there in, for the Chargers? I still think Henry's going to be a very um, impactful type of player, but again, if he can stay healthy. And lastly, Rob Gronkowski. I think Gronkowski, back, everybody loves it. Going to be playing with Tom Brady again. Yes, it's not with the Patriots, but with the Buccaneers. I think we need to kind of pump the brakes a little bit on Rob Gronkowski. I think Gronk is going to be able to kind of do what he does some weeks. I think we're going to see those Gronk smash type of weeks, but I don't think it's going to happen as much as it did in New England. And I think a lot of that has to do with the two wide receivers on the outside that Mr. Brady gets to play with, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. He's never had the combo that he has now in Tampa. Might be the best wide receiver duo in football um, and I think Tom Brady is going to love throwing the ball to those two receivers, which is going to impact what he does with Rob Gronkowski. Yes, when they're, when they're in the red zone, he's likely going to be looking at Gronkowski a little more than not. But I think that a lot of the offense is going to be ran through the wide receivers, not Gronkowski, something that he was used to. Um, he was not used to that in New England. The offense was ran through Gronkowski and a little bit of Edelman. And then when Ron, Randy Moss was there, obviously went through Moss. But I think for most of his career, Gronk is used to having the offense run through him with Tom Brady, but I think this year we're going to see Gronk kind of take a back seat, and I think he's going to be fine with that. Again, I still think we're going to see big games out of Gronk, but I think overall I'm not going to be reaching for Gronk in fantasy leagues. That puts me on my tier where I'm likely going to be taking a lot of shots at in my drafts. 
I'm looking at Noah Fant. I'm looking at Hayden Hurst, Mike Jacecki, Jonu Smith, Blake Jarwin, Austin Hooper, TJ Hawkinson, Jack Doyle, Dallas Goddard, and Jay Sternberger. That's the tier I'm looking at taking a couple different shots at. I like the upside um, in, 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 this, in this scenario. I, if we just go, go down the list and look at the different options, um, Noah Fant with the Broncos. I th- love the offense there in Denver. I think there's going to be a, 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 a big offensive output by the Broncos, and I think Noah Fant's going to be well involved in that. Obviously, uh, Cortland Sutton is the number one option there in Denver. But if we're looking at Judy or we're looking at Fant, who's going to be that number two option? I think we can make a case for Fant. I think we saw what Fant can do on, on an upside in a couple of those games. And I think in year two, we're going to see a more um, steady, well-rounded version of Fant. And I think we're going to see Fant kind of show what kind of tight end he is. Goes with his, uh, his college teammate, TJ Hawkinson. Another player that I think coming into the league, a lot of people are high on him coming in. But again, the tight end position takes a little time for these rookies, for these second-year tight ends to kind of step into their plates. So last year, I wasn't as high on Fant. I wasn't as high on Hawkinson as a rookie. But coming in year two, I think both players kind of make that next jump. And I absolutely love Fant and Hawkinson moving forward starting in 2020. Hayden Hurst traveling from Baltimore to Atlanta. I think he's going to kind of make a name for himself there in Atlanta. And we know the Falcons love to pass the ball. Yes, it's Ridley. Yes, it's uh, um, uh, Julio Jones. But we are going to see Hayden Hurst kind of take over that role that Austin Hooper had for the Falcons last year. Speaking of Hooper, goes to Cleveland. I'm a little down, a little more down on Hooper than I am anybody else in this list, only because of the uncertainty of what's going to happen with Njoku coming in. He's demanding a trade. Is that going to affect Hooper? I think it is going to affect him if they're both on the field. It's good for Cleveland to have two very talented tight ends on the field. But in fantasy, we want to get all the numbers. We want to get all the targets. And I think if Najoku is there, it's only going to impact what we get out of the upside for Hooper. If Najoku does kind of force his trade and he is shipped out of Cleveland, I will be moving up Hooper quite a bit in my rankings. And I'll likely be looking at him in, in, in Tier 2 than he is in Tier with the 3 right now. Jasicki, Jonu Smith, and Blake Jarwin are three players I think have tremendous, tremendous upside. I think all three players are going to kind of make that next step. And if I'm looking at one of the play, one of these uh, this tier to kind of make that Mark Andrews type of player, I'm looking at Jonu Smith. Like Jonu Smith is a player that I think is going to have a tremendous 2020 season. I think we're going to see the Titans, who are a run-first offense, kind of pass the ball a little more in 2020 than they did in 2019. And I think we're going to see a lot of that have to do with what they have in A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, and Jonu Smith. I love Jonu Smith. I think he is in for a fine 2020 season. Jack Doyle, new quarterback. Uh, we talked about Phillip Rivers in for the Chargers when we talked about Hunter Henry. We know Rivers loves to use his tight end. We loves to use a slot receiver, loves to use a running back. Oh, and one of those positions is Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle is one of the better pass catchers the last couple of years. Um, and we know the Colts do like to use the tight end position as well. I, th- I think we're going to see Doyle have a big year. And if something does happen to Doyle, maybe Doyle does kind of get hurt or get dinged up, or maybe they use a second option. I don't hate the idea of taking a shot on Trey Burton as a late, late, late round sleeper um, to kind of uh, see if you can maybe hit lightning in a, in, on, on, at one of the positions if you have one of those deeper uh, drafts. Like some of us have more more players on our bench than maybe we should. If you have an extra spot or two on your bench, uh, don't hate the idea of stashing Trey Burton for the Colts. Dallas Godert and Jay Sternberger, I think those are both players that I'm going to have a lot of shares of with their upside. I think we're going to see Aaron Rodgers use his tight end position uh, much like he did a long time ago, uh, drawing a blank on the name of the tight end. Um, but there's, there's a tight end that he, that he used quite a bit 
in the Packers offense. I think we're going to see that out, out of uh, Jay Sternberger this year. I think we're going to see an upside that is tremendous for Sternberger. I think the Packers need to find a number two option behind Devonta Adams. Is it going to be Alan Lazard? Is it going to be some other receiver? Is it going to be Aaron Jones maybe playing more in the slot um, when they are using more A.J. Dillon or Jamal Williams? Or is it going to be Jay Sternberger? I think that it's up in the air. I think it can happen in, to any of the three. If I'm picking of the group, I think I'm going to rank them. Alan Lazard, Aaron Jones, Jay Sternberger. That, but that doesn't mean that Sternberger can't have a major impact as a tight end where you don't need a whole lot of production. You just need to have someone be able to kind of give you a win, weekly winning upside. And I think Sternberger does carry that um, in Green Bay. And Dallas Goddard, I think Goddard is one of the players I'm likely going to be ta- taking a, a shot on in a few leagues. I, I see myself having one of either Jacecki, Johnny Smith, Blake, uh, Blake Jarwin with a Goddard to have a combination of the two. I think Goddard's going to kind of start uh, having more of an impact for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and I think eventually it will be his uh, offense when Zach Ertz either moves on or retires. I think it's going to be Goddard kind of taking that leadership role at the tight end position. I love his upside, love his ability, love his size. Uh, and I think he's going to be a tremendous tight end um, option for the Philadelphia Eagles moving forward. Chris Herndon, I think he's another player that we want to kind of keep an eye on. Um, tremendous upside, all the tools in the world, just can't stay healthy. If he can stay healthy, we know the Jets do need offensive help, and Herndon can give that in the for Sam Darnold there for the Jets. Jared Cook, I think Cook is going to be a player that's going to likely be looked at a little earlier in drafts where I think we're going to see a downfall from Cook. I think um, we saw last year, in the last couple of years, the Saints want to play good defense, run the ball a little more, not rely on Drew Brees as much as they have in years past. And I think that's going to affect Jared Cook more than anybody else. Bringing in Emmanuel Sanders is also going to take away some of the looks of Jared Cook. And now they actually have that number two option in the passing game um, opposite of Michael Thomas. And remember, they also have uh, Alvin Kamara as well. So I think of all the targets that they saw last, last year, Cook is going to be the one that's going to kind of uh, have a drop-off in production for the Saints. And I'll close out with a couple other names. O.J. Howard, Ian Thomas, Irv Smith, and Dawson Knox. I think all of them have their own kind of uh, flaws, but I think all of them also have their own kind of upside. I think O.J. Howard, if um, Rob Gronkowski is not the Gronk of pass, I think we can see maybe O.J. Howard uh, stepping up and kind of showing what he can do with an actual quarterback like Tom Brady. Um, even though I'm a big Jameis Winston fan, he is no Tom Brady, and we can see what O.J. Howard's upside possibly truly is. Ian Thomas, now he is the guy there in Carolina with no more Greg Olson there. Um, is he going to be able to kind of help that team kind of find some impact players with the D.J. Moore, with Christian McCaffrey, Curtis Samuel? I think Ian Thomas has sneaky upside as well. But again, he's not a player that we can trust on a weekly basis. I think he's a better fit for best ball. Irv Smith, same thing with uh, Ian Thomas. I think he has tremendous upside. I think he's going to have those weeks here and there, but he's by, by no means is he safe. I think he's a better option for best ball. And Dawson Knox, I do love him for Dynasty League. I think we are going to eventually see him kind of become a, a favorite target of Josh Allen. But as it is right now, he's better fit for base, best ball or Dynasty Leagues and not redrafts in my opinion. That'll do it for the tight end position. Hopefully this helps you kind of get a, a grasp on where you're going. As everybody knows, I'm not high on the upside. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not high on the elite of the elite. That doesn't mean you, don't, you shouldn't take a Kelsey. You shouldn't take a Kittle. That just means I'm not going to be taking them with my draft strategy. I'm looking for the middle tiers. I'm looking for the high upside. I'm looking for the young talent. I'm not going to be going with the typical 
tight end ones. I'm going with upside. I'm going with the um, plenty of shots, kind of using them as lottery tickets and hope that I can hit on a weekly basis. Have a great day. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week where we're going to start next week talking and breaking down the divisions. We're going to start off with the AFC, I believe, East next week. Um, but we'll know that for sure for next week. I'll, I'll, I'll keep you guys posted on Instagram. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you later. Have a great day.